Sutra 16 The Four Horsemen Disease, dullness, doubt, carelessness, laziness, sensuality, false perception, failure to reach firm ground, and slipping from the ground gained. These distractions of the mind stuff are obstacles. Effects that accompany the mental distractions include distress, despair, trembling of the body and disturbed breathing. The practice of concentration on the true nature of God is the best way to prevent the obstacles and their effects. Upon the night of the new year, I wish I could say there was nothing to fear, but ever since I'd taken hold of Windhorse's reins, whatever I wondered seemed to manifest and appear. At first I was curious of the present moment, but in order to understand the present, I had to look into the past. How had the world come to such a predicament, and why was the present moving so fast? Through the power of her Holy Spirit, the horse could ride between time both forward and back. She was the first one into the future, and she could look back through the entire past. Faster and faster, I rode upon Windhorse as she began to sprint. Back beyond the empires and kingdoms, we went to a place before man had even found flint. Now this path was ahead and behind. It was the connection between all souls. As if we were passing through secret gates, I was curious if this journey required a toll. There was something holding all of us together, and whatever this power was, it ran through the reins while I gripped it forcefully. What is it that binds the past, present, and future? The knot of eternity, said Windhorse. As I held her reins, I felt immense energy and heat swivel up my spine. A certain fire began to electrify me as if I was burning alive. That jewel was on fire and this scorching feeling was almost beyond what I could bear. The upsurge in intense energy made me extremely sensitive, and so I became hyper-aware. In between realms, of course part of me was upon the earth, but the soul was in between dimensions at once, and I began to see visions and get premonitions that arose from dust or dirt. There I saw an older Arab or Indian man, and in his youth, he was orphaned in India before he went to Pakistan to look for his mother. Can you imagine having nothing as a child? Yet in his heart, he was called to discover. In the mystery of this moment, all I cared to do was look into his ancient eyes. His spirit was in between many worlds at once. Then his voice spoke to my surprise. He spoke in Hindi or Arabic, but I couldn't be sure. I wondered about what message this man had come to deliver, but I'd never know what he said, and so I'd be contemplating this moment forever, and that was the real treasure. He was such a gentle man. He was a good father and a kind soul. But when I heard hooves running, another horse approached, and so I wondered what other horse would be on patrol. The old Arab man began to dissolve. When the man's son appeared, he spoke and said, My father said not to worry, there is nothing to fear. The son of the man 
rode upon a horse, and he had come from the Middle East and Asia. His arrival was abrupt, as if he had arrived for just the right occasion. The father's son was an old friend of mine, and I recognized the light of his soul where the Bodhi seed had been planted. And while this man carried a thread of the divine, it was clear that his soul was woven into the ancestors of Muhammad. His thread was Muslim and Islamic, and it was pure and divine. The father, son, and I had found the spiritual horses in different ways, and he had always been a best friend of mine. Life after life, we had endured whatever was difficult and painful, and now I recognized that Rizwan was named after a heavenly angel. And so he spoke. The war in the Holy Land is terrible. Gaza is on the brink of genocide. If we do not stop this battle, the children of life will die. How many more bombs must drop? How many more sisters, brothers, fathers, mothers, and friends will be left for dead? Last night, warplanes bombed a house in the middle of the Gaza Strip when people were sleeping in bed. These people may be foreign to the majority of Earth, but they are some of the most compassionate souls a person could ever know. One of my friends was filling up water for children when artillery opened fire upon his neighborhood. I know evil exists in the world, but a war like this is no different from suicide. We are killing our own souls, and even war must come to a time when it too must die," said Rizwan. The horse he sat upon was a different color than mine, but both of us held onto our own set of reins that were threaded into the divine. In some ways we appeared different, but our soul was exactly the same. Even though I'd been born in the west and he was born in the east, our lives had brought us together upon the very same train. Oh, but these rains were so hot, and it felt as if this fire scorched us alive. Who else was going to take hold of the rains so that the children of life could survive? The energy of Windhorse was so intense and extreme, my mind turned to mania when I wondered if a maniac is what I was called to be. If this path requires such extreme devotion to God, then how could it be a maniac that will help set our soul free? Of course we wanted no trouble, and we wanted this world to heal, but by holding on to these reins, we were connected into some ferocious energy, and it began to burn us alive from what our sensory inputs could feel. Rizwan was no different. He too held the spirit's reins, but instead of the Book of Sutras, he carried the Quran, and instead of Ban, Hindu, and Buddhist prayers, his horse carried Islamic prayer flags. Then after a moment, another horse came into view. Now it was myself, Wind Horse, then Rizwan and another familiar soul who came through. He rode upon yet another horse, who was symbolized as the Divine Goddess, and of course I recognized him. Is that you, Thomas? Of course none of us wanted any trouble, but due to the extreme energy of these rains, we couldn't find comfort or ease. It takes some skin in the game. That way we're willing to fight to protect the virtues of real peace," said Thomas. He was a cousin, and his words embodied a brilliant idea. And instead of the Quran or Islamic flags, he held a Christian Bible, and 
and so his horse was named Ave Maria. Now two more horses appeared, and as we gathered, it was clear that in some way we had come to suffer. The last two riders were none other than my two brothers. Without words, it's amazing what can be expressed, but in the silence I heard the woman within my soul pounding upon my heart as her fists beat through my chest. Now why can't we heal our families? Why can't we heal the world? And yet all of us were called to take up the reins of a horse, but by doing so, it appeared our souls would burn. The fire of the spirit affected us differently, and of course I hoped it could have been easier. Then my older brother spoke and said, It is impossible to speak about what we have not seen or heard, paused Peter. Let us speak about what we have seen. May we come together so that our world does not quit. This earth is the rock that God has built our church upon, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he said. Peter did not carry the sutras, the Quran, or a Bible, but rather he carried a blank book. He traveled all around the world to examine different cultures, recording the observations he took. In our own way, we all had a thread of the soul that held us together, and so I looked to the fourth horse where I saw my younger brother. Nothing was said, but rather the absence was felt. The current and power of the spirit had run through our individual lives, and I could not understand exactly what he was dealt. As the four horses met Windhorse, each of us held the reins and a divine thread. From all different backgrounds and lives, our hearts came to contemplate the most mysterious topic, death. How can we stop the war in the Holy Land? How can we help what is happening in Ukraine and Russia? Even in silence, there was space for a spiritual discussion. There was no need for war, but there was also no need for terrorists to control cities, states, and countries. There were evil people with bullets and guns that captured civilian hostages, and all of us agreed that the world is in need of harmony. Still there were those who wanted to kill foreigners, and so they were hiding out, planning merciless attacks. Meanwhile, holding the reins felt like holding fire, and of course, so much of the world would mock us riders who were here to illuminate the dark, as they called us pyromaniacs. This fire was electric, and burning through us and into our families' lives. None of us wanted anyone to suffer, but by holding these reins, it felt like we were not in control of our lives. There were witnesses in the world, and they were aware that the four horses had come together. And since I held the reins of Windhorse, I heard even the people I looked up to most mocking my friends, family, and brothers. It was hard to see those on the same path had their own words which they chose to condemn. Yet had they touched this fire? Still they called me a pyromaniac, and while they played it safe in their hidden houses, it was us riders who risked who we were in hopes war could end among all the evil attacks. Those cynics would never know life from my perspective. They'd never know what it felt like to carry such fierce light. These reigns were the fire of transformation that they helped start, and now the skeptics revealed their lower nature by being critical of the very same light? And of course it's about the we, not the me. But what are we willing to give up so that this world is free?
If it was up to us riders, we'd make sure this transition was peaceful and gentle. But this is the movie of we, not the movie of me. So why don't you take hold of the pen and write what's perfectly right and essential? Do you understand this kind of pressure? The weight it takes to show up day after day? To spread light into darkness when it's eating our families alive? This is the path when no living teacher sits beside you, and so I was terrified and afraid. The blaze was the most powerful, and there are no words to describe what it feels like to hold these reins. Maybe the cynics are just terrified and timid about what it really takes to bring forth everlasting change. Everyone wants to hold the spiritual brick of gold. Maybe they just want a claim to fame, maybe a TV show, so that the world remembers their name. But are they willing to step into the fire to see what purification really takes? Could they take a few descents to hell all in a row? Could you do it in one lifetime and still have the courage to reveal all of your human faults and mistakes? In this spiritual winter, everyone wants someone else to kindle a warm fire, but it takes a journey to reveal this light. It seems everyone is waiting for a second coming to carry the world's burden. But why isn't anyone else willing to do what's required so that the world is living right? We say we want to change the world, but are we willing to do what it takes? If we want peace on earth, then somebody better flush out the repressed evil because there is a root to the terror and disgrace. Of course they'll call the brightest light keepers pyromaniacs, but we did not come to set the world on fire. The rains have been waiting for anyone to take them, but who is it that's willing to do the real work that's required? Everyone wants to change the world, but they're stuck on their selfishness and desires. Only when you yourself become the offering does the real change transpire. And is this the reason you fear me? Because you're afraid to get near real transformation? Is that why you stay so distant? Because before I knew the skeptics, it was Windhorse who whispered the pure revelations. These rains were so hot, and the heat would increase the further Windhorse went. Yes, it was a great gift, but the longer we held on, the more it scorched us, and the purification felt like torment. Now the fire spread within us, and it would lash out and jump across the sky. We could all feel it so deeply, and maybe that's why the rains would come to cry. I'd examine the threads of awareness we carried. Each was thinner than a tiny seed, yet this is the life force, or wind horse, that allows a living body to breathe. The breath is life, because a deceased body has no wind, and this thread is what lives beyond the empty body when there is no spark left within. So what will we do? asked Rizwan. These rains are so hot. I didn't realize this pressure is what it takes. I don't know if I can handle this immense heat. Are you sure we have to hold these rains? The more I hold on, the more my impurities are scorched alive. It's becoming a very painful process, to the point I'm starting to wish I might die. But death is not the end. Rather, it's a place where it begins. The thread of life releases us from the old, where the spiritual soul is free to transcend," said Windhorse. Just when I couldn't bear it, Windhorse brought us under the rain. The fire was still alive, but at least the gentleness of water allowed me to ease up the grip upon her reins. Since we had made it here, 
It meant that none of us were unscathed. Then Thomas opened the Bible and read from Matthew 24:13, He who endures up to the end shall be saved. And so Windhor spoke. The greatest healers have been wounded. The deepest lovers have their heart broken. The unconscious woman and man had to learn through their unconsciousness. Whether we like it or not, the darkness, our pain, and our wounds are the greatest teachers. They initiate us into who we are meant to become. But what do we make of this path? What is the way ahead? There is no way we can understand what the world is going through in the face of such war, famine, disease, terror, and death. Once we leave the body and bones, the skin and hair, the soul is free to go home with the spirit that holds us together with great care. The spirit is like a river. It goes where it must. The river trusts the flow because it carries on where it must. Nothing in the world is as soft and yielding as water. Its work is to dissolve the hard and inflexible. Nothing can surpass it. The softness overcomes the hard. The gentle overcomes the rigid. Everyone knows this is true, but few can put it into practice. Therefore the master remains serene in the midst of sorrow. Evil cannot enter your heart, because you have given up helping. You are the people's greatest help. True words seem paradoxical. True perfection seems imperfect, yet it is perfectly itself. True fullness seems empty, yet it is fully present. True straightness seems crooked. True wisdom seems foolish. True art seems artless. The master allows things to happen. She shapes events as they come. She steps out of the way and lets the Tao speak for itself. Empty your mind of all thoughts. Let your heart be at peace. Watch the turmoil of beings, but contemplate their return. Each separate being in the universe returns to the common source. Returning to the source is serenity. If you don't realize the source, you stumble into confusion and sorrow. When you realize where you come from, you naturally become tolerant, disinterested, mused, kind-hearted as a grandmother, dignified as a king. Immersed in the wonder of the Tao, you can deal with whatever life brings you, and when death comes, you are ready," said Windhorse. What is this great teaching? It's the secrets of the birds and the bees, the language of the flowers and butterflies. This is the Tao, the truth that continues on after the body dies. Death is part of the path. It's where everyone and everything is heading. But the Tao is the truth, and it has no ending," said Windhorse. Just then beside me, I saw that cat named Mr. Kismet staring up at a bee. A moment later, there was a beautiful orange butterfly, and its wings were perfect as it fluttered free. Forgiveness rested, and for a moment everything seemed alright. Windhorse was telling the truth, and so he would remember to keep the truth in sight. How could anyone conceive it or make sense of it? It's too vast for anyone to know. The spirit is far larger than an individual body. The body is pathetic compared to what we have inside of us," said Windhorse. But there is a real battle in the world, and there are bombs and weapons. What is going on here? You must explain the solution to what is happening. 
Weapons are the tools of violence. All decent men detest them. Weapons are the tools of fear. A decent man will avoid them, except in the direst necessity, and if compelled, will use them only with the utmost restraint. Peace is his highest value. If the peace has been shattered, how can evil be content? His enemies are not demons, but human beings like himself. He doesn't wish them personal harm, nor does he rejoice in victory. How could he rejoice in victory and delight in the slaughter of men? You will enter the battle gravely, with sorrow, and with great compassion, as if you were attending a funeral," said Windhorse. Then are we heading into battle? If you realize that all things change, there is nothing you will try to hold on to. If you aren't afraid of dying, there is nothing you can't achieve. Trying to control the future is like trying to take the master carpenter's place. When you handle the master carpenter's tools, chances are you'll cut your hand," said Windhorse. Then what should we do? Do you want to improve the world? I don't think it can be done. The world is sacred. It can't be improved. If you tamper with it, you'll ruin it. If you treat it like an object, you'll lose it. There is a time for being ahead, a time for being behind, a time for being in motion, a time for being at rest, a time for being vigorous, a time for being exhausted, a time for being safe, a time for being in danger. The master sees things as they are without trying to control them. She lets them go their own way and resides at the center of the circle," said Windhorse. Then we will leave it to you. But what exactly is it that we are going through? We are in the pursuit of what? The truth? Don't you see it? The great Tao flows everywhere. All things are born from it, yet it doesn't create them. It pours itself into its work, yet it makes no claims. It nourishes infinite worlds, yet it doesn't hold on to them. Since it is merged with all things and hidden in their hearts, it can be called humble. Since all things vanish into it and it alone endures, it can be called great. It isn't aware of its greatness, thus it is truly great," said Windhorse. Yes, you are great. This is not about me. I am within all of you. The Tao is the pathway of full potential. It is how the entire world grows. This is what you already know, but many people have forgot. We are called for something special, and so our threads must hold together the eternal knot," said Windhorse. What's the eternal knot? The knot of eternity connects all. It is a link to reconnect all beings with divinity. It is the vow to never give up on any sentient life. It is the cure for the world's insanity," said Windhorse. How? The masquerade of wonders," paused Windhorse. Upon a new year, many people from distant tribes will come together. Take one thread from each of the four horses, then hold them with my reins, and will weave them into the train of wonder as many gather. This train will plow the path for the Bodhi seed, and the threads will accomplish everything else we need. Together we will hold the eternal knot of faith, and that is our link, so that all beings may find peace," said Windhorse. But what is this knot? How is it held or tied? It is completed when life is lived right. All faiths 
bring us back to our potential. This means you must find yours too. May all of us go to the depths and bring our deepest potential out. There we will find our truth, said Windhorse. But before I said I would get stronger, I said I'd become the best I can. If you need it, I'll do anything until I'm the greatest of all man. The goal is not to be the best, but rather to offer our effort for the benefit of all creatures and man. To ride upon Windhorse means you don't live for yourself, but rather you ride for others in service of the divine plan. Offer up your body, speech, and mind. Do it so that all beings may thrive. Upon that journey, you will discover the secret of life, and you will have fulfilled the ultimate purpose of what it means to be alive," said Windhorse. But what is the difference? If I am called to go deep and bring out my fullest potential, what is this wisdom you are speaking of that is so perfect and quintessential? When a man speaks of greatness, it is often led by their individual ego. You must train the mind to tame and restrain that ego. That way will pave a path for all beings to grow. The man who knows discipline is strong, but the man who is ruled by the ego is selfish and alone. There is a way to use the ego to discover strength, but the real test is to become a vehicle where all others find the way back home," said Windhorse. And where is the way back home? This is the journey home, and we are upon it now. The spiritual path requires bravery and a connection into the heart. The soul knows the way to go, but the ego doesn't know how. The ego wants awards and fame, but the soul wants peace and harmony. Can you imagine a world where we cultivate the fruits of spiritual potential together rather than obsess over wealth and money? In order to find this balance, we must find the balance within all man. Then we will see who can be faithful to the spirit. And so I will lead the spiritual army of man," said Windhorse. The idea was opened, and so I knew Windhorse looked out to me and you. Windhorse seeked the spiritual army to rise, because we were coming into the age of truth. We are not alone, but rather there are many others who are called. Together these four horses have come forth to protect this sacred planet for creatures large and small. O Windhorse, teach us and we will listen. We shall discover our greatest potential. We will bring forth what is within us, and we will do this for the benefit of all others. Yet I am just one man, but still I surrender to your divine plan. Show me the path back home, and you can depend on us to work on behalf of the creatures humans, and the land. Listen and I will guide you. And so the path home is simple, but it is not easy. In order to make it through the darkness, you will embody the great light of spirit so that others can see. Bright like a beacon, we will attract the spiritual tribe of man. Together we will come together, and this embodies the eternal knowledge that will protect the land. Upon this path you will face many obstacles, Progress may seem ever slow, but do not rush this journey, for this journey home is how all my lotuses grow. Here I reveal more threads of wisdom. Listen closely to these words. Do not forget this, for this is the wisdom that few have heard. The obstacles you will face are disease, dullness, doubt, carelessness, laziness, sensuality, 
false perception, failure to reach firm ground, and slipping from the ground gained. These are all distractions of the mind stuff. Effects that accompany the mental distractions include distress, despair, trembling of the body and disturbed breathing. The practice of concentration on the true nature of God is the best way to prevent the obstacles and their effects, said Windhorse. Then the battle outside is a reflection of the battle within. To conquer that ego and serve others is the way that all of us win. What is good for the hive is also good for the bee. We must work for the benefit of all beings so that our world can become free. As a horse such as Windhorse is invisible and hard to find, you are called to connect many souls back to me. I have given the horse riders the reins. Tie this into as many people, lands, groups, businesses, and communities. By weaving this knot through the world, we create the eternal knot. Whatever way is required, you must spread my presence. We are all we got. There are times when you face obstacles, when it feels like you've lost the ground you've gained. But this is when the mind's attitude must shift, since you hold the power to redirect your thinking and reframe. This often puzzles many people. Beginners will practice with intense interest. Every day they will feel more and more proud. But after they don't see the fruits of their actions come quick, they often lose trust. This happens to many people, but don't get disheartened. People often say, I've lost everything as a result after they hit rock bottom. The mind wants to function on the same level always. It remembers its heights and depths. But if there is going to be steady progress, we must view these obstacles like a game or a test. This union to God, or the journey home, is much like an obstacle race, and many obstructions are purposely put on the way to pass through, while others may give up on this lonely road. These obstacles are there to make us understand and express our own capabilities. We all have great strength, but this is what we must discover. No matter what dis-ease or pain the body faces, the soul transcends these feelings, and so in time, our spirit will recover. We need to be challenged and tested in order to understand our capacities. This is a natural law. And in order to discover our greatest power, we must go forward and not withdraw. There are symptoms, and we all sometimes experience this, which prevents the height of our concentration or meditation. We are called to take care of our day-to-day -day activities, movements, associations, and diet through various occasions. We must take care of our individual body and the others we are called to protect. In order to advance beyond the obstacles, we must give ourselves time for proper rest. Otherwise, we will have no energy and we will not be fit to face the battle. Treat your body like a sacred site, for all of you are that temple said Windhorse. Upon these words, I took a thread from each of the four horses while I held Windhorse's reins. These threads of all faiths and wisdom stretched infinitely far, and I would use these threads to bring others back to Windhorse again. And so Rizwan spoke, We will come back and meet again and again. May we depart so that the children of life may survive. These threads of great faith will spread to all lives, for the soul continues even after the body dies. 
The reins you hold in your hands are the links back to me. As long as you hold on to these infinite reins, when the people, creatures, and land have hope to be set free, and when you decide on doing one thing, stick to it and make it happen. There's no value in digging shallow wells in a hundred places. Decide on one place, dig deep, and these reins will be a connection home through compassion. Before you go deep, analyze and find out where is the right spot. Remember everywhere this rain touches will connect those people and places back to the eternal knot. Then once you decide and begin, you should not question it further. Go right at it. And when you think you're ready to give up, reflect upon God's true nature and we will push you even further. Even if it is a long route, your perseverance will make it short. Take the reins and aim to make the mind steady, for this rain will connect me deep into all of your hearts," said Windhorse. We cannot let go. We must keep a steady aim. We will cherish these sacred threads, and we will never let go of your reins. Anything can take you to the goal, because you are not concentrating on the object for the sake of the object, but for the sake of the goal. The object of the reins is only a symbol of that. We should always remember this. All ideas, objects, or even mantras are just symbols to hold onto as an aid toward the goal. Behind the objects, you should always remember the goal. Tastes, temperaments, and capacities differ, so you should not criticize other people's object of meditation because you have selected another. They are approaching the same goal through their objects or faiths just as you have confidence in your own object or faith. They too have that confidence in their way. We should not disturb other people's faiths, nor let ourselves get disturbed from our faith. Stick to one thing and forge ahead with that. Now why should we want to have this one-pointed concentration? To make the mind clear so that we can transcend it. We are not going to cling to the object, but to use it as a ladder to climb up. Once you have reached the roof, you leave the ladder behind," said Windhorse. I could see that Windhorse had a broad outlook. She was interested in a unified goal and not so much the rest, as she didn't try to squeeze me into one faith or way, but rather she was trying to bring forth our best. I will only give suggestions, but you can select whatever path you want. With your connection back to me, I will explain all the sutras so that our souls will never be lost," said Windhorse. Before I left toward the masquerade of wonders upon the wonder train, three of the four horses were gone. Waiting in silence was my younger brother, but still no words came along. I didn't know how to tell him, and so maybe I could show him with a card. I began to shuffle a tarot deck, until I felt the right feeling that told me to stop shuffling deep within my heart. The card I revealed is what is called future or destiny. It is often what we wonder about, and for so many, it is a mystery. Upon his card, there was a man with a cup, a pentacle, a sword, and a wand. The man held a candle burning from both ends with a hand pointed to heaven and earth. This man symbolized the one. I don't know if he knew, but the man on the card had a halo of strength. There is no words to describe the amount of suffering when a soul is called to be great.